This is episode 168. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Welcome back to our two-parter. Thank you for joining us. I am Siope, one of the hosts here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. And this actually is the second part of a two-part series of the podcast where we talk about creating resiliency in children. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I highly recommend you go back and take a listen to it as we continue. But I will give you a recap so you know what we're talking about. During the former podcast, I was talking about how do we create resilient children. And resiliency is an important characteristic of successful children. Now, let me go through the definition of resiliency. Uh, This is a review. I did this in the previous podcast. And you'll understand why this is important. Resiliency, by definition, is a person who is able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. Psychological resiliency is the ability to mentally or emotionally cope with a crisis or to return to pre-crisis status quickly. Now, we have gone through a pandemic for almost two years now. Things have changed quite a bit. And the skills that we teach here in the Smarter Parenting Podcast actually connect with this whole concept of creating resiliency in children. The information I'm sharing with you is a seven-list recommendation by Lisa Feldman Barrett, who is a PhD. She's a neuroscientist, psychologist, and author of a book called Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain. So she's a university distinguished professor at Northeastern University with appointments at Harvard Medical School. So um, this is based off of her experience in working with children. And I found it so interesting that it was connected to the approach that we use here at Smarter Parenting because all of these things are found to be very solid and grounded and founded in research and studies and years and years of work with children who have difficult behavioral issues. Now, initially, what we talked about in the previous podcast is that parents need to learn to embrace the idea that they're gardeners not carpenters. Carpenters carve wood into the shape that they want. Gardeners, on the other hand, help things to grow on their own by cultivating an environment or a fertile landscape. So parents can help their children grow uh, and have them take root into something solid rather than controlling and making them do everything that they want them to do. And that, that can be a difficult thing for some parents to understand. They prefer that Their children just follow their instructions, and the mentality behind that is not a bad one. The intention behind that is to help my child avoid pain. So if they could just do what I say, I've already been there before, they can avoid the pain that I went through or that is going to happen to them. And yet this approach says, hey, look, your children are going to make mistakes, and the more you force them into the shape that you want, the more resistance you are going to have in the long run. And you may actually destroy the relationship that you have. So as a gardener, you're going to help them grow by cultivating an environment where you can have conversations that are difficult. You can work with them in making decisions together. 
So being a gardener, not a carpenter. The second recommendation is to talk and read to your child a lot. So being able to put into practice effective communication is going to be one of your greatest assets as a parent. And we have that skill on the Smarter Parenting website. The benefit of using the skill on the Smarter Parenting website is it gives you step-by-step what you need to do to effectively communicate with your child and how your child should communicate with you. In the steps, it does require a parent to listen, listen for understanding, repeat back what they hear, and then sharing their thoughts afterwards and having the child describe what they understood was said and seeking verification that that is correct. This exchange in communication can be so powerful. And if you establish it in simple things, it's easier to implement when they are talking about very difficult topics. So that's something you want to start right away. Number three was to explain things. And this is one that brings parents to exhaustion, almost the brink of just going mad. We want to be able to explain things and we we want to be able to do them in a positive way with children. They're going to ask a million questions and it may be the exact same question they asked maybe a minute ago. And the idea is instead of focusing in on I've already answered that is saying, hey, this is an opportunity for my child to try and communicate to me something that they're curious about. How can I continue to encourage this environment where we can continually communicate, talk? So um, explaining things, you may have to explain them a million times. That's okay. As they get older, your children will stop asking you questions. They just won't ask you. And if you have shut off that communication when they were younger by being frustrated or annoyed or yelling at them when they've asked questions, They're not going to come to you with deeper questions. You will have established a boundary there. And so in many ways, that doesn't help you as a gardener. You're not helping your child flourish and grow. You've actually created something that impedes their growth. Okay. Now, we are going to cover the rest of the list, which is describe the activity, not the person, which is number four. Number five is help your children to copy you. Number six is expose children safely to a lot of people. And number seven is to applaud agency. So let's talk about describe the activity, not the person. When your child has a behavior, a negative behavior, many times parents will give a label to the child. You're a bad boy. You're a bad girl. Don't do that. You are annoying. Okay, Those types of labels are not effective. Because what you are doing is you, again, are not allowing your child to grow or to make changes. When you make a statement like you are a bad boy, your child doesn't know what to do with that except to embrace and accept that label. And what happens is that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They start to say, okay, well, I was called a bad boy. I must be a bad boy. Let me act like a bad boy. Okay, so you want to be specific that behaviors are different than the person and you need to be specific. This is done through the skill of observe and describe. Now, let me explain how this worked with a parent who had a child who was just arguing with him, teenager. 
His father was uh, trying to communicate with his son, and his son was just being very difficult. He just would yell back, and he would talk back to his father. Well, uh, initially, the father reported that he would tell him, you're just so disrespectful, you, you don't behave the way you need to behave. You know, um, he was just putting labels on his son, saying, you are horrible, terrible, you're so disrespectful to me. Now, again, all of these labels don't really give an avenue to change the behavior, but they actually will help to reinforce that, hey, what he's doing fits what my parent expects of me. So I had him focus in on what was happening with the skill of observe and describe. So whenever his child would yell at him, I said, I want you to take a breath, deep breath, and then just observe what your child is doing and then describe it. And it sounded something like this. Right now, you are raising your voice at me. Right now, you are calling me a name. Right now, you are not making eye contact with me. Right now, you are avoiding communication with me. Now, the reason that I wanted him to focus in on those behaviors is because those are all things that the child can change at any time. It gives the child an out. It also gives the parent an opportunity for them to focus in on another area. Now, I practiced this with him, and especially the deep breathing part, because he became triggered whenever his son started into these tirades in their home. And what happened was, is as we practiced, he felt more confident that he could do this. And he started to do it when his child was calm, just describing simple behaviors. You know, right now I'm noticing you're doing your homework. Good job. Okay. So he was observing what was being done, even the good things in simple everyday life, and then, you know, describing those things. Now, as he practiced this with both positive behaviors and negative behaviors, he started to see a change that uh, they could start to talk about things that he could do instead of yelling and screaming that could get the attention or that could help them communicate more effectively about what is happening. So you want to describe the activity and not the person in helping your child to become resilient because their behaviors are different and can be adjusted than who they are. Okay, so keep that in mind. If your children know this, they will be far more resilient to difficulties as they come. They'll realize that they are not sadness, but they are feeling sadness. They're not frustration, but they're feeling frustration. Very, very different approaches and very different mindsets. Now, number five is to help your children to copy you. This has to do with modeling the behaviors that you want to see your child have. So if you want your child to be more calm, you need to demonstrate that by being more calm, especially in stressful situations. Children will copy you for the better or worse, especially when they're young. So if you are exasperated and you yell and you scream and you wonder why your child is exasperated yelling and screaming, then you have to take a look in the mirror and say, in what ways are my behaviors affecting my child to behave this way? What behaviors does my child have that I have? And in what ways can I adjust those behaviors 
so they know they can adjust those behaviors. This goes to role-playing. The skill of role-playing on the Smarter Parenting website is all about practicing new ways of behaving, and it helps your children know exactly what to do in what situation. So role-playing is highly effective in helping your children know how to behave in certain situations. Now, number six, expose children safely to lots of people. This is uh, one of the interesting things about this article is that uh, as children grow up and they interact with speakers of different languages or uh, people, you know, neighbors, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, other children, what they start to understand is there are boundaries that exist in these different relationships. And exposing children to these different people and their different expectations gives them opportunity to see multiple ways to exist in multiple situations. So say that you handle frustration in one way. If your child is only with you, they may feel like that's the only way I I can behave when I'm frustrated. When they're exposed to other people, and they see someone else behaving in a different way, that can actually give them permission to adjust and to make some changes. Now, she does in the article give the important advice that you need to safely do so. So you want to be very careful who you expose your children to. They need to be trusted people that you know are safe and that you are there with your children. You don't want to leave your children with these people. But you do want to help them understand that people can resolve issues in multiple ways. And uh, this actually connects to the skill of problem solving. So uh, decision-making problem solving on the Smarter Parenting website is a systemic way to help your children know how to make good decisions, positive decisions based on their values. So that's the skill that you would use here in helping your children process Uh, difficult situations or any situation and what they can do and how they can behave in those situations. Number seven, and this is the last one, is to applaud agency. Children love to try things on their own without your help, like getting dressed or assembling puzzles. And this is good. You want them to develop a sense of agency. Even when a child is misbehaving, sometimes that is their understanding of the world and their way of trying to make sense of how they can exert their agency in the environment around them. So when your two-year-old child throws Cheerios on the floor, this is the example that she gives in the article, and waits for you to pick them up, she's not manipulating you. She's more likely she's learning something about the physics of gravity. There may be multiple reasons your child is doing something more than your perception of why they are doing something. She's also learning that her actions have an effect on the world around her. So scoop up the Cheerios and let her try again. What this does is it creates this idea that children can make decisions. Now, when we're talking about raising resilient children, children need to be able to feel like, hey, things don't always go perfectly, but I can bounce back. And this is an essential skill for parents and for children to have. And we want to applaud children for agency. Good or bad decisions that they make are opportunities 
for them to learn something and not repeat it if it's a negative or repeat it if it's a positive. So we look at this as a garden. We're saying, hey, we're going to let the plant grow and it's got to figure its own way of understanding its place in the garden itself. And we're just there to help it flourish. And it's going to have some issues and that's okay. That's just part of growing up. And we allow it to grow. You know, can you imagine a gardener that is by a plant every single minute of every day measuring and, you know, forcing it to to do this and that. And it just makes it very, very difficult for the plant to find its individuality and to grow to what it wants to be, right? And what it needs to be. So those are the seven things that are listed by um, Lisa Feldman Barrett, who um, works as a psychologist and neuroscientist that help children become more resilient. And again, I wanted to share these things with you in order to help you as parents recognize that uh, we need to do better in raising resilient children, especially in a world where things change consistently. The more resilient the child, the more they're going to be able to deal with difficult circumstances as they arise. Now, all the skills I mentioned here are found on the Smarter Parenting website, role-playing, decision-making, effective communication. They're all there. So jump over there to get more information and how to implement these skills. And that's it for me, and I will join you again next time. All right, bye. Bye.